Dan. How are you doing, son? I'm doing good, Dad. Josh, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing today, Papa? Hey, Josh and Dan, I'm doing fine. Thanks to Calvary. It sure is good to see you, too. Well, we are uh, discussing for tonight some verses in 1 Peter chapter 1. And I'm going to read for our conversation, and then we'll just use that as a text to get started. Uh, that out of that chapter from the King James, which uh, beginning in verse number one, reading through verse number nine. And these are the words that Peter has written. Uh, and he identifies himself. He's the author. Of course, we know the Holy Spirit is one who led him to do that. He said, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season. If need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. And so to me, it seems as if, and, and you know, just kind of a setting as to when and why this was written, it is said that perhaps 62 to 65 A.D., Peter writes this, and um, it was at a time prior, just before or just after Rome had burned, and uh, Nero <clears throat> uh, blaming it on the Christians. And, and, of course, there began to be severe persecution, as history records. And so Peter writes this, it seems like as uh, since some of the believers were facing persecution, he didn't want them to lose hope. He wants you to keep going in faith and he wants you to become bitter. And I want you to, while we're going through tri tribulations, the testings and trials, I want you to trust in the Lord and, uh, during the same time, even then, some 2,000 years ago almost, looking for Jesus to come again. And so is that, what, is that something that you might get from that? And we'll, we'll discuss some of the verses as, or the words that are written here by Peter as it comes to mind. Yeah, if you'll, if you'll allow me to uh, provide a little bit more context. Um, <clears throat> so um, the, what, what I had learned um, in researching for today um, is that uh, you, all, everything that you said was correct. There's some there's some additional stuff that led the Romans to believe that that the Christians were were the ones um, burning Rome at the time. Um, uh, at the at the time, the Christianity started popping up, and and this whole you know Christian revolution started happening. Um, the uh, um, uh, the the Roman government viewed um, Christianity as a uh, as a as a sect off of Judaism. Um, and so it was, it was what they considered a permitted religion. Um, so they, they would, at this time, you know, up until, um, the burning of Rome, they would, they would allow, 
for Christians to to practice and preach what what they wanted to. Um, the uh, the um, I believe the, in one of the, the other um, books, uh, Peter talks about um, starts preaching about the um, the how, how the world is going to end by fire, and so in correlation with that, um, Rome believes that 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 was kind of what you know what what certain media outlets today would call a dog whistle, um, would would call a dog whistle, and. Uh, um, you know, he they believed uh, Nero at the time believed that that the Christians were were organizing and burning Rome um, due to the occupation of, of Jerusalem. Um, so um, that's uh, that that's kind of where we get to within this book. So you know, as far as persecution goes, um, uh, you know, the Christians were definitely being persecuted, but but um, uh, this is kind of. Uh, giving you an idea as far as what leads up to it, and, and hopefully we can draw some parallels to what Christians are seeing today, and and where the things that we we see can can lead to very similar events to what we saw within Rome. Um, I'm kind of hung up in verse one. I want to ask you guys. So, uh, in the KJV, it says scattered throughout Pontus. Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Asia, excuse me, and Bithynia. Bithynia. Uh, there's there's some cross references. Who who is Peter writing to? Christians or Jews or both? I would say yes. I think both. Okay. I I just some cross references that I ran into. Um James one one at the beginning of that book, he reads, uh, James, servant of God and to the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. So twelve tribes to me is Jews, right? That would be my assessment is Jews. And then uh John seven thirty five. I'm digging for that real quick. Uh, this is Jesus as he's teaching. Um, and I'm sorry, I, actually, the officers were sent to, to arrest Jesus. And then, um, then said hear. the Jews among. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, in NIV, it says uh, the Jews said to one another, um, where does this man to intend to go that he we cannot find him? <laughs> Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? So I'm wondering, uh, there there was this reference, I guess, where the Jewish people were scattered abroad. That we, we even see that like on the day of Pentecost because people were coming from all over. We know that Jews uh, throughout their history were actually in captivity at different times under different kingdoms. And then there's always been this return back to Israel. So maybe that's something we could discuss as we move forward as looking at end times. Uh, there is a dispersion or a scattering of the nation of, of Israel. And today we're seeing uh, them return. So um, he's writing. I'm curious, did they have to make multiple copies of this letter before it went out? Because it's not like everybody just got one letter and passed it around, right? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would assume so. Because, I mean, that basically that's how, that's, that's what happened during the day is that a scribe would come and, and then copy um, from what was what was originally written, and then that's how you know these things would get out after the letter was originally sent. I think there's probably uh, the the letter you know that Peter's writing here um, is is being sent out. I don't know how many copies he sent out, but but uh, you know after that, I'm sure that was his copy, and that's why we have it today. Yeah, it would almost have. That's an interesting question. I. Don't think I'd ever even considered it myself. 
But uh, there is a, a total of what I see, one, two, three, four, five different probably groups. Uh, he's, he calls them strangers. And um, not strangers to the gospel. He says in verse number two, elect according to the foreknowledge of God. And so strangers, sometimes uh, we are identified as like Abraham and um, seeking a country whose builder and maker is God. But yeah, that's an interesting thought, Dan, that uh, you know, there, had to, there had to be copies made. Hey, Josh, I'm, I'm curious. NIV, verse uh, 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, ESV reads, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles. Mm-hmm. What, what, is yours, what does NIV say? That um, phrase. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, comma, exiles scattered throughout the providence of, and okay. then it goes through the same providences. So, yeah, that, Dad's interpretation of the word strangers seems to be the same in that, much like you were saying, strangers in this land, uh, how that Abraham was a stranger, you know. Um, uh, but exiles, so they're Jews who are Jewish, and their homeland is Israel, and they're living abroad in different locations. So I see that. But then, you know, before we get too far away from this, it was through, you know, it, the Bible tells us that, that Christ is delivered to the Gentiles through the Jews. So it was, it was uh, often when you read the book of Acts, they show up and they find people uh, worshiping and having synagogue, often by the rivers in these Gentile locations. And often the first converts in these Gentile locations were Jews, were they not? They were. So, so that, that network, that uh, that so- social connection, is uh, how that the earliest churches did develop. That kind of feeds into what Josh was saying about how the Roman government saw this as an extension of Christianity. So, uh, but um, I'm sorry, they saw Christianity as an extension of Judaism, uh, and and even we today, evangelicals especially, we refer to our faith as Judeo-Christian values. So uh, we recognize our Jewish roots. But anyway, that, that, that was one thought. So big, broad brushstroke, though, as, as Dad was saying earlier, I, I see, uh, you know, uh, some of the notes here in, in the version I'm using talks about being born again uh, to a living hope. So emphasis on that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I see this as a hopeful passage encouraging um, Christians at that time to... Uh, you know, uh, rely on their faith more than their feelings. And uh, even referring to, you know, the outcome of their faith being the salvation of their soul. So, um, yeah, I, I see that. Appreciate your comments. Dean. I appreciate that. I, I, did, I like what uh, Peter said. I, I guess while you were talking, I was wondering, at the time that this was written, I'm thinking as, as as you were talking about the Jews and their dispersion. There's and Peter was with Jesus. Peter was a fisherman. Um, in in the Galilee, in the Dan, you've been you've been to that which was um, pointed out to us anyway, that it was, what was that Peter's, was that Peter's mother-in-law's house or that Peter's home or in by, the, by the synagogue? Yeah. And, uh, uh, that would probably be his mother. Well, didn't his mother-in-law live with him actually? Probably. And, that, and then um, isn't that church currently built over what they believe to be the historical location of Peter's house now? Yes. Yeah, so there's there's actually a church constructed there on pedestals, uh, that and so it almost provides a cover over the ruins of uh, of uh, what is that? Why am I drawing a blank? Capernaum? Nope, nope. Yeah, where did where did Peter live? 
drawn a blank. Thought he, thought he did live in Capernaum, did he not? Was it Capernaum? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it, then, it was uh, kind of the headquarters of Jesus' ministry at the time yeah. as well. Yep. And so when he wrote this letter, was was that where he was? Was he at Capernaum? Peter? I don't know. Well, he's <clears throat> the. I, I think uh, later on it talks about that he was in um, writing from Babylon uh, region. So I, I mean, there's no there's no evidence that that um, we uh, that that Peter ever went to um, modern day Iraq. But um, he, you know, there was uh, he may have been using it as as kind of a code, um, the same way that the the Babylonian Empire had had. Uh, um, you know, uh, had taken captive of, of the Jewish people. Same, the same thing was happening to the Christians via Rome at the time. Yeah, if you if you go to the very last verse of First Peter, there's a uh, there's some reference there. Last couple of verses is his uh, salutation at the end, and uh, he's closing and says by Silvanus. A faithful brother, as I regard him, I have written briefly to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. She who is at Babylon, who is likewise chosen, sends you greetings, and so does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. So she who is at Babylon. Um, so... She, in English, or in, in KJV, it says the church that is at Babylon. So uh, he, he may be, he may be in Babylon. It was, was Babylon in existence at that time? I don't believe so. Uh, it could have been. I'm, I'm horribly weak. Listen, I like, I like to think. Yeah. That there's a historical value as we read, as we read Peter, <clears throat> written to those uh, living at that time. But I also like to think that there's encouragement in reading it, that there's a application to the principle of what they were facing at that time, persecution, and that you guys, being much younger than I am, um, at my age now, I'm, I, anything about resurrection hope is a blessing to me. And um, in these verses, he was talking about how that that you have that begotten us again into a lively hope. He's talking to them by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That being many years ago as it was, historically, that had to be a blessing to them as well to be reminded that their faith was anchored in Jesus Christ, not any persecution that they may be headed for, uh, that uh, they could depend on the Lord to sustain them during that time. You know, Peter himself had already been told by the Lord what he could expect as far as the ending of his life. We have been told what we can expect ourselves at the ending of our life as well. Given the fact that we've put our trust and faith in the Lord, hoping that people who are listening to us from week after week or from time to time, that they too have put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. If not, we're hoping that uh, there will be encouragement from what we say, some of the things that we say, and especially as the Holy Spirit would lead them to conviction that they need Christ as their Savior as well, that we won't everybody as God would want everybody uh, to know Jesus Christ. And so it's encouraging to me to think as we read something that was written thousands of years ago, that we can still be encouraged by it today. And the encouragement to me comes from what he has said about the resurrection, that Jesus in fact was He was raised again by the Father, by God himself raised him. Jesus had the power to do that. We all, I think, agree that he had the power. But it was uh, God the Father, according to the book of Romans, uh, that Paul teaches 
that uh, God raised him from the dead. And here, here's the wonderful thing that because of Jesus's resurrection, we have a wonderful inheritance. And that inheritance is be, we're just heirs and joint heirs with the Lord Jesus. And most things now uh, that we encounter is corruptible. And we have an inheritance that's going to be without corruption. We read a lot about that in the book of First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, where how when we die, we're sown in weakness and raised in power. We're sown corruptible. Being sown, that's uh, buried. And then uh, that we're, uh, we are mortal people at that time, but then as we become immortal because of what Christ has done for us at the cross and his burial and his resurrection. And so that's had to be significant to them as they read what Peter had written. It sure is a, a blessing to me because he went on to say that we have this and it's undefiled and it doesn't fade away uh, and it reserved for us in heaven. And what a blessing that is. And so he's talking about way beyond their earthly existence. And he's given them some encouragement for eternity. And so he's given me the same encouragement by reading those verses. Uh, there's eternal for, you know, we, we think, in our human state of mind, sometimes it's just hard for me to grasp mentally what Christ must have in store for us whose faith is in him. But it is exciting to me to know, because of the assurance that I have, I know that you two precious loved ones have that same kind of assurance but there's so many people in this world who have made a profession of faith but they they don't they have not embraced the the assurance or the security of one whose faith is in christ and to read this that i have a something reserved for me they had that that's what peter hey listen guys you you have this reserve for you in heaven well he's saying the same thing to me that uh, it's reserved for me in heaven. And so it sure makes life a lot more pleasant, uh, even in the face of persecution, if it should come. I, I, my prayer is that you, Dan, and you, Josh, could have the same advantage and blessings and life that I've enjoyed myself. When, when you become my age, that you can look back on all those years and say, Wow, it's been such a blessing to know the Lord. And, um, you know, I told Nola not long we we stopped at, from, we came from church. We worked a little while today at church and got back here in time for the podcast. And we stopped by Sonic to get up a, to pick up. Here's another advertisement, I guess. But anyway, we stopped to get something to drink. And, when we stop and cut the engine off, roll the window down, and it's blazing hot here. It's not the temperature so much as it is the humidity. It's been like that everywhere. And so I, uh, as soon as they came with what we had ordered, <clears throat> we rolled the windows back up and started the engine again. And we were thanking the Lord for AC. And I, t I told her, you know, I think we're spoiled. And uh, I think in America – so many things, conveniences that we have, it just spoiled us. And I just praise the Lord for it. I praise Him for it. And I'm so thankful for it. But anyway, are you encouraged by what Peter has written to those who were scattered abroad at that time? Because can you can you say, yeah, that applies to me today as well as a believer in Christ? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's several different points that we've read over the past few weeks that, that talk about speaking to each other in encouragement. And I think that that um, that's exactly what Peter is doing here. 
at this time that Peter's writing this is not a time to be um, to be cutting you know uh, brothers and sisters in Christ down in any way. I mean, granted, Peter being an elder within the church, even though he didn't necessarily um, didn't necessarily fully you know put on that role with the the council at Jerusalem and stuff like that, but. Um, he very much was a, was an elder um, of the church, a father of, of, of the New Testament church. Um, but he, uh, um, he uh, you know, doesn't take this, this, this time, and, and particularly this moment, to, to talk about what, what these people need to be doing um, better, but, but he talks about the, the, the things that they need to remember, um, things that they that they should be they, they should be remembering you know exactly what they're persevering for and i think i think today as christians we can learn a lot from that we you know i i was watching um a couple days ago to where uh there's a guy um on a uh a, a show called uh, rant nation who somebody lit him up about his tattoos and everything and he's he's a professing believer um, however, he, he was cutting the church down hard over it, um, and saying that, you know, this is why, um, people, people don't, um, you know, like Christians is because, because we're, we're, you know, always, we're very hypocritical and, and I, I tend to agree a lot with that. Um, however, at the same time, you know, there's, there's definitely a time to, to not be as critical and there's, there's definitely a time to be, to be more encouraging, um, with with brothers and sisters, um, I, I think that we're probably getting into um, that time here to where we're going to have to be encouraging um, with with brothers and sisters if we have not already reached that time and we're we're just not doing it often enough like we should. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 really what I've gathered from all this is is that there's there's definitely some parallels that that. Um, as to what went on within Rome, and then what's all, what's going on here um, with Christianity, and to where where you know people uh, take take the abortion thing, um, you know people are, are blaming um, Christians for taking away a right, and I'm using air quotes for those that are listening um, to to be able to end a life of somebody else, and you know we I, I think it's a very noble cause that that we stand up for. The rights of those that that can't um, can't stand up for themselves, um, and then a true right that that's the right to life. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's um, at the same time, you know, we we need to come in with with uh, understanding and and love for for those uh, those Christians among us as they 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 begin to be persecuted in a way that we haven't been persecuted um, in a very long time within this country, if ever. Yeah, I, I just point out the coach that recently won his case in the Supreme Court. His coach was praying on the 50-yard line at the end of a game, just thanking the Lord for the protection of his players. And uh, I think he said it was about a 30-second prayer that he had been praying, and he hadn't invited the players to join him. Some wanted to, and he just told them that it was a free country. They could do whatever they wanted to do. But he was taken to task about that and then lost his job as a result of it and just wanted uh, – he didn't want any compensation. He just wanted his job back. took several years, but I I don't know what his faith was. I hadn't read that much about exactly what his faith other than the fact that it was in Jesus Christ. And so I would think, you know, he was persecuted. We've read those stories from time to time, and you you are – not old enough to recall Mrs. O'Hara when she set forth a campaign to get things taken out of school. And I've been to some of those early meetings where she she was in Chattanooga one time. And, of course, her atheistic philosophy that she didn't believe in God. And and, uh, then there's been other examples that could be given, but it seems to be more going on now than there has been. And I, I'm just concerned that there will uh, be a ramping up of that in days to come. Uh, sure, the Lord himself said that it would happen. Uh, I think it was uh, in Timothy that it is written, where Paul is writing a letter to Timothy, and he said, 
things are not going to get better. They'll get worse and worse as they, as the last times approach. Dan has mentioned that Israel is coming back home. That began in 1948. It began earlier, actually, than that, but they became, became a state then recognized by many, uh, first by the United States. And then the, you know, declaring for themselves statehood and nation. And, and from that time, millions have returned to their homeland. And it continues now, even with the Ukraine war going on. There was thousands that just went back to Jew, to uh, Israel just within recent days. So uh, we see some things that are coming to pass and, and looking for the Lord to come. Don't know when. Nobody knows the day or the hour that he will return. But I'm greatly encouraged, even if we should face persecution that would uh, result in physical pain or mental anguish or emotional distress, we've got to keep our, Peter was saying to them then, you just got to keep your, faith. You've got to keep your eyes on the Lord. And that would be my encouragement to um, family and friends today. It's just, you know, just be strong in the Lord. I have to say two things. Uh, one, uh, since you did a plug for Sonic, um, I'd like to do a plug for Mayfield ice cream. Maybe they'll send us some of it because, man, Mayfield ice cream is really good. If you have the ability to go out and buy some Mayfield ice cream, I'd recommend you do that. Buy a lot and then just, you know, take pictures and send it to me So because I can't get it up here where I live. But Mayfield ice cream, yum, yum, good. All right, anyway, uh, so back to our program. Uh, so his dad was talking about Israel coming back home. Uh, I saw a documentary recently that I about fell out of my chair. So I uh, can't even believe I'm about to mention this on this podcast. But um, Pee Wee Herman, there, there's an actor by the, by the name of Paul Rubens, and there's so much there we could talk about, which is <laughs> totally, that's about five or six other podcasts that you, we just need to pay, pray for Paul Rubens. Anyway, uh, Paul Rubens, excuse me. But did you know that his dad was significant? in uh, Israel uh, uh, becoming a state. And I want to say he was a fighter pilot or something. He, he's a decorated hero uh, it, for the nation of Israel. It's incredible. But who would have known the main, the guy who did Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse, uh, his uh. daddy, his, yeah, whatever today's surprise word is. But uh, I'm, I'm admitting way too much here. Anyway, so uh, just, you know, it's neat how God uses different people for different things. Dad's got fascinating stories about um, what is the name of the general that you met who was involved in the Seven Day War? Uh, Ziv, Z-I-V. And, and, and that, that, there's another Sol- Solomon, uh, okay. Gershom Solomon. So that is that. That's been privileged on some of his trips to Israel to, to meet some of these individuals who are who are historical figures in uh, the independence of Israel. So uh, that's that's fascinating for me to hear him tell about those things. But uh, if I could, though, back on topic, um, some things that, if you don't mind, just a couple of things I gleaned as I was doing the study. So. Um, uh, I, I, I got so much just out of the first couple of verses. So I was fascinated with this. Did you know when you look at verse 2, it includes the entire Trinity, the entire Godhead? Because you see the foreknowledge of God the Father. So there's the Father. Then you see the sanctification of the Spirit. So there's the Holy Spirit. And then you see uh, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. So there's Jesus Christ. So you've got Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit all in verse 2. Um, I use that as springboard into uh, Romans 8, which we'll have to do a study on sometime, but uh, just fascinating things there. But as I went through this, I, I wanted to ask you, Dad, 
when when I started to uh, pick apart verses one and two, because I wasn't real sure where we were going to go with this this week. But uh, uh, your approach has been big, big brushstroke, which I think is fine. It's, I think it's wonderful. When we dig in a little bit, I was looking at these elect exiles, and then as we've picked apart the history, that, that answers some of my questions actually about, you know, it was the dispersion of the of the Jewish people uh, throughout uh, Asia and what we know now as Europe and um, these uh, city states, different locations. But um, uh, as I was looking at this verse, I've got KJV open as well. Um, verse two says elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the father and they're elect according to the, according to not by, but according to the foreknowledge of God, the father, they are elect through the sanctification of the spirit. They are elect because they were, uh, they were, they're elect through the sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. So this this uh, concept of election. So, uh, you know, often we get into this and you'll you'll hear people teach either or. You know, there, there can't be an elect and there can't, you can't have election and uh, whosoever will. So this free will, this... Uh, Help me, Dad. What's a better theological expression for whosoever will? I don't know. What comes to my mind, though, is that uh, it's not his will that any should perish, and so therefore he has elected Hmm. that his son, Jesus Christ, would come and he would die for the sins of all people. And, uh, And then it's up to the individual at the conviction by the conviction because he said i'm the way the truth and the life no man can come to the father except by me and so people have to understand who jesus is and put their faith and trust in him so it, it, it some people say that christianity is exclusive that it excludes a lot no it's all inclusive it's there for anybody and everybody but i think too that there's people like jeremiah there's people like John the Baptist. There's other people that we could mention throughout the scriptures that they were they were elected, foreordained, predestinated. Those are any word that you might want to think that did they have a choice uh, in that? Uh, we read about John being filled with the Holy Spirit. Before leaping birth, in, leaping in the moon, womb of his mother before he was ever born, right? And uh, Jeremiah said some of the same things about himself before while he was in the womb. And so, you, you know, yeah. the the study that we've done recently on biblical salvation, if I can yeah. draw from that for just a second, we learned that there's a book of life. We learned that there's there's God's book. There's a there's a book that has everyone's name written in it, and then you're there are names that will be blotted out. And from what we learned from that, it seems to be those names that are blotted out are those people who choose not to accept Christ, who choose not to put their faith in God through Jesus Christ. So uh, it is, as I went through this, my understanding is that uh, the elect are those who are sanctified uh by the Spirit, because they were obedient to Jesus Christ and the sprinkling of His blood. So, there the obedience is acceptance of Christ, and it is following Christ. It's becoming a um, a follower of Jesus Christ, a follower of the way, as the first century church called themselves. Mm, right. So, so they are the elect, but God, in His foreknowledge did not go, hey, I choose you and and I do not choose someone else. Because what we learned is God had foreknowledge of everyone who's going to be born. The the names are already written in the book. So according to the foreknowledge of God, they their names were already written in the book. Everyone's got that same chance. 
but then there are names that are blotted out of the book. So God knew who you were before you were born. He knew you were going to be born before you were born. So when people, as Dad was saying, say that Christianity is uh, exclusive and we exclude uh, people, that is absolutely the opposite from the truth. The truth is it's inclusive, as Dad said, because everyone's in the book. It's just you have a free will. You have the opportunity to choose. And then you choose not to accept Christ. That is your choice. That is your right. So we were talking about living in America and the, the freedoms we enjoy. We have it a little too easy, maybe a little too comfortable. But here in America, we love our freedom. But what's wonderful is you have a lot of freedom when it comes to, to accepting Christ as Savior or not. That is your choice. But with that choice comes consequences. So with the choice to accept Christ, you know, you're, you're going to have grace and peace as we're reading here. You're going to have hope uh, according to his mercy. Uh, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. I'm, I'm reading this right out of verse 3. So th these are realities. You're going to have a, an inheritance that's imper uh, imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept for you in heaven. Th these are the results of making that choice. Uh, but also, as you keep reading through this, the continued results. There's going to be trials. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be times when your faith is going to be tested. But with your hope and faith and trust in Christ, you'll be tested, and then you'll come forth purified and, and gold, as gold. And then in the end, it, it will be praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So... These are the results of accepting Christ. This is just the outcome of it. But the opposite is there as well. So if you refuse Christ, you don't really have a living hope. You have a dying hope. If you refuse Christ, your inheritance is perishable. It's defiled. It's fading. And it is not kept for you in heaven. If you have no faith, you have no salvation. And the salvation comes from the final revelation of Christ, what we've already been reading about, how that there will be wrath of God. There's, there's a reality, folks. When you stand before the throne of God, which we all will, but those of us who have put our faith in Christ, we're standing there very differently and, a di and at a different time than those who have not. Because, you see, we're standing there as living. Those who have not put their faith in Christ will stand there as the dead. And then the dead will be cast into the great lake of fire. After they're compared to the works that are in the books, according to the book of Daniel, and also according to the book of Revelation. And that's the reality that you have to face when you choose not to accept Christ as Savior. So please, please accept Christ as Savior. Amen. Amen from me, too. It's that time again. <clears throat> it's my most bedtime. Dan, you'll be going to bed early tonight, won't you? <laughs> That's right. Let me let me give a plug for Purple Mattress. So uh, when Mayfield sends me the ice cream, I will lie in my very comfortable Purple Mattress on my Leggett and Platt uh, adjustable bed base. <laughs> in a zero-G position, and I will sleep all night long. I have gotten the best night's sleep in a long time in the last two nights. Thank you, Jesus, that purple was made. That's that's like, I think it's in the Bible. It's probably on day eight of creation because that's just heaven. Uh, so uh, it, it draws the heat away from my body. It cradles everything. And uh, I know this may surprise some people who know me, but I'm uh, I'm fat. I know you, you wouldn't know that if you looked at me, but uh, because I'm fat, I get real hot when I sleep. And purple mattress, just my goodness, that's that's a, a heavenly, heavenly thing. Y'all got to try it. Go, go to your nearest mattress store and lay on a purple mattress and tell them Dan Underwood sent you. Then, then I'll ask for royalties from purple. <laughs> uh, Josh, I don't know that we could top that with anything. No. Mm, they're they're very comfortable though. I've got their pillow. <laughs> All right. Who wants to pray? 
I will. Okay, go ahead. So, hey, before we do, any prayer requests? Anything significant? Uh, we got revival that was scheduled. Uh, Tommy Crider and his wife, Mary Lynn, are going to be with us on Sunday. And uh, just uh, help us pray that uh, the people can remain healthy and attend. And we're praying about it and got some invites out there. So just ask the Lord to help us to that we have our hearts in the condition it needs to be to receive his word. Josh? Um, just the, the health and safety of, uh, of Carly and uh, everything's going well, but, but prayers that things will continue to go well and that God will have his hand in, in everything um, with her life. Okay. And um, I, I've got a friend by the name of Dan Cretigan. I, I can't wait for you to meet him. He is a, a dear brother in Christ. Um, he, he is a... a he, he's a champion for Christ. I, I just, I'd look forward if, if uh, you two don't get to meet him this side of heaven, I, I will definitely introduce you in eternity. Of course, won't need to. You'll know him by that point because we'll all be known as we're known. But uh, uh, he's telling about some challenges with his brother, Matt. So uh, God understands those. I don't need to explain those things. And, and uh, if you'll join me uh, in prayer for Matt. But uh, gentlemen, if you don't mind, let's let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace. How do we we praise you for who you are? We uh, we thank you that you are God Almighty. I thank you that you're the Ancient of Days. I love that title, Father. With you, there is no beginning, there is no end. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the Amen. You are the final word. Father, I just praise you for who you are. Father, I just ask that you forgive us of our sins. Father, forgive our nation of our sins, Father. Father, just um, we come to you with uh, as a man of unclean lips, Father, and, and an unclean nation, Father. Just There was one point where this was one nation under God. Father, let us let us get back to that point. As I heard Tony Evans say one time, Father, help us to remember that we're one nation. Help us to be unified. Help us to be united. Father, but then help us to be united under your banner. Father, because it's it's through that that you've blessed our nation. It's through that that you've um, that you've helped us to be a beacon of freedom because Father, we know that through you, you give us freedom. You give us true freedom through Jesus Christ. We know that you've uh, saved us to freedom. You've freed us to good works. You've freed us from sin. Father, we thank you for all of those things that you do. Father, we just ask that you become Lord of our lives. Lord, we ask that you become Lord of our nation. Father, I would just ask that you be with our leaders. Father, bless them. Father, just uh, even, you know, even those that we disagree with politically, Father, you're still in charge. They're there because you've said they're there. Father, you, uh, no, no king, no ruler, no president rises without you. So, Father, we're trusting you. Father, just guide our nation. Father, guide our leaders. Father, guide our hearts. Father, Dad's asked for prayer for their upcoming revival. Father, just bless their time together. Father, I just uh, ask you bless uh, Tommy Kreider as he brings uh, your word, Father. Father, help them to uh, be encouraged, help them to be revived. Father, help their them to reach out to their neighbors, the community, Father. Help them to... Uh, to be a uh, light in a dark world, to help them be salt, Father, in a in a flavorless world. Father, I just ask that you continue to work in that community through that church. And Father, I ask that you uh, continue to bless Josh and his family. Father, thank you for the wonderful gift you're giving us in Carly. Father, we look forward to seeing her. Father, it's it, it's 
crazy for me to think you've known about Carly since the beginning of time. Father, you knew she was coming. You knew her name. Father, according to what we've read, her name's been written in a book for all of time. Father, we just pray that she will come to a point someday of a, a knowledge of Jesus Christ, her Savior. Father, we ask that you protect her till that point, Father, and then guide her to that knowledge. Father, to guide her to that decision. Father, we pray for that now. Father, we just thank you for Daniel. Uh, he's a, a blessing that precedes Carly. Father, he's just as wonderful as Carly is going to be. Father, we just praise you for, for all those blessings in our lives. And Father, finally, uh, just thank you for the way that you continue to bless our family. Father, I'd, I'd like to uh, mention Matt Cretigan. Father, you know exactly what's going on in Matt's life, in Matt's heart. Father, I, I just ask you bless him. Bless him in a way that he can't even begin to comprehend. Father, just uh, working in his life, Father, just uh, draw him to an intimate relationship with Christ. Father, we we praise you for for what you want to do in everyone's life, including Matt's. But Father, I just ask that you specially be very real to him. Father, help him to know how much you love him and that you're there and that you care about him in this moment of his life. Father, and, and also just thank you for the blessing that Dan Cretigan is in my life. Father, just ask all these things in the name that is above all names, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Dan, thank you so much. I love you both. So we're going to we're gonna have to add more time if I pray again. Because... Uh, <laughs> If you're enjoying the Thanks to Calvary podcast, make sure to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thanks to Calvary. If you would like to reach out to us for prayer requests, ideas for future episodes, or just to say hi, message us on Facebook or leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash thanks to Calvary slash message or email us at thanks to Calvary podcast at gmail.com.